0: Hi, this is Candace Crane, General Manager of sheridan Honda Power Sports. And this is I Want to Do That, Women Helping Women Explore the Outdoors. This episode, we are talking about skiing, and it is sponsored by Skidoo. So, Patty Toby, my guest. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me. It's nice to be here. So, we got connected through Christy Lohoff, um, through the Antelope Butte um, Ski Resort. And I asked her who she would recommend to be able to come on and talk about Resort skiing, getting started with resort skiing, and she said you were the
1: person. Christy is one of my biggest fans. Okay. I'm not <laughs> really sure how that worked out because I think she's wonderful too. But she is, yeah. Yes. Thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah. So we're
0: talking about skiing. So tell me, how long have you been skiing? What got you into it, and why do you love it?
1: Well, when I was younger, I was the kind of kid that was afraid of everything. And, uh, I did a lot of reading and not much playing in the outdoors at all.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And I went off to college down in Laramie and, um, my friends all went skiing and I would go along and sit in the lodge with a book because, book. (laughs) because the idea of putting boards on my feet and going flying down the hill was just terrifying. And so I didn't think I would ever do it. And then um, when I was in graduate school, I was in Salt Lake and uh, met a guy, right? That happens and he took me off into the backcountry and um, I flailed Wait, around. Wait, so
0: you just went from no skiing to backcountry in Utah skiing? I did, I did. Wow. My okay. first
1: experience on skis was on little skinny telemark skis with leather boots in the backcountry where we got to the top of the mountain and he was a really good skier. and. Wait, um, so
0: telemark where your, like, heel comes off Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But you didn't really even know, because if you hadn't been on skis before, that's probably, you were probably just like, okay, this that's, is what's supposed to happen? This is, yeah, this wow, is what's supposed okay. to happen. So you're on telemark skis where your heel comes off, and you what? What do you do from there?
1: Well, uh, we went to the top of the mountain, and top of the mountains in the uh, in uh, the mountains outside of Utah are your way up there, way yeah. up there by the sun. Yeah, And he, the snow is way over my head and what? it was super su- steep. And he said, okay, just go. And I was terrified. What? Um, and it turns out he, what he was doing wasn't that bad. The snow is so deep. I could barely move. I wasn't going to go zooming down. So the mountain. it's kind
0: of, the snow is like acting as a natural resistance yeah. as you're coming down. So you don't have that,
1: that yeah. speed. Yeah. But, but what
0: about the fact that your heels weren't connected to the ski? <laughs> Did that not bother that you? That wasn't
1: my biggest my biggest problem. You know, just balancing in just the snow being up was on top really of the hard, and having
0: to get down is yeah. probably your biggest problem. Okay, there was a
1: lot of falling and getting up, and falling and getting up, and falling and getting up. Yeah. A lot of exhaustion. And yeah. although I tell the story and I laugh about it. Probably not the best way to learn how yeah, to ski. I can imagine. We'll time. talk
0: about some other ways to yes. maybe start skiing. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you actually, so you get down the mountain and you're like, I want
1: to keep doing this. Or? I want to keep going out with this guy. Oh, the guy. So, okay, so there's yeah, always okay, a guy, I've been, right? I've been there. There's yes. a guy. Okay. Okay. Um, so I uh, kept skiing, and we would go to resorts. I um, friends would try and teach me things. Um, and I just kept kind of flailing along for a really long time. I flailed for Like years? Like for seasons? Years. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. for years. Okay. And I slowly got better. Um, and then it wasn't until uh, probably the early 90s uh, when I moved back to Wyoming that I became involved in um, teaching snow sports. and. Okay and really started to recognize the value of a good lesson. (laughs)
0: I was going to say, so had you had a lesson up until that point or was it just all self-taught? It was
1: all self-taught. Wow. And
0: what, what was it about the sport that kept you coming back and want, I mean, was it just the determination of wanting to get better or like, obviously you had to have a lot of good days on the mountain, even though you were teaching yourself. And I'm sure it was very terrifying, but like, what was it about this particular sport that kept you wanting to come back and 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 learn more
1: there were so many different things um at the beginning i did a lot of backcountry skiing so being out in the mountains and being out with just a few people and the glorious mm-hmm. days and the uh you know the beautiful scenery and yeah. that was always really really great um once i started doing more resort skiing you can do a lot more skiing a lot less Climbing and exercise, and a lot more skiing. And so, there's you, a
0: ski lift, le- yeah, a yeah, that yeah, will yeah take a chairlift. to the top, you're to get yourself up there. Yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. And and there's a feeling as you start to get accomplished skiing. There's a feeling of um, floating and falling that's very enjoyable. Hmm. I am, I am really, I'm not interested in free fall at all, but I'm very interested in the feeling of being weightless. And a lot oh. of the things that I pursue in my life have to do with that feeling of being weightless. That's very interesting.
0: It's interesting. I So I was up on Antelope Butte on our, our local mountain here on Saturday. And I'm like a once, maybe twice a season skier. I know how to ski. I know how to get on and off the chairlift. Um, I love being outside. But like you, I have never take, I had not taken a lesson until just recently when I ran into one of the ski patrol Um, ski patrollers on the mountain and he's a friend of mine and I was like I need some help with this because it's becoming less and less enjoyable when I when my technique isn't right and then my feet hurt and you know it's not this general soreness that you get it's it's the 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 soreness as a result of bad technique and then it doesn't feel as fun but then I still want to be up on the mountain you know what I mean like I still want to be there and I still want to be with my friends I still want to be hanging out so um You know, I I love hearing from another woman who didn't start skiing until later in life and just like was determined to figure it out. And now you do you do clinics, correct, with women?
1: That's right. Yes, that's right. Um, With the when we teach skiing, one of the emphasis that we have is uh, to try and make the skiing effortless, to try and make the skiing really efficient. Um, when we're young, we can do things really efficiently, inefficiently and get away with it.
0: That's exactly what's happened to me. We might be super
1: sore at the end of the day, but then we think, yeah, we worked really hard and look at us. Aren't we great? But as we get older, our joints can't take that. Our muscles can't take that. And so if we can ski efficiently and learn to find that floaty feeling, um, not to fight against the the mountain, not to fight Mm -hmm. against gravity, but to actually go with it, then we can ski all day long we're not exhausted, our joints feel good, and we get to just really have a good time.
0: Okay, we have totally inspired me. So um, I want to like get back out to the mountain right now with you, but (laughs) here we are. So let's talk first about some basics. So for women that are listening that are wanting to ski but are feeling like, I don't even know what the first step is. So let's talk about just step one, what type of gear and equipment do you need if you want to go to a resort and try skiing for the first time? Let's talk the basics first, like jackets, pants, gloves. What, what do people need to have before they
1: arrive at the resort? Well, anytime you're going to tackle anything, but any sport, uh, it's good to have the right equipment because without it, you just get frustrated. Correct. You're either cold or your feet hurt or whatever. So yes. having good gear is really important. Um, Clothing-wise, it's important to layer. It's good to not have cotton fabrics, to have either wool or man-made fabrics that won't get wet and soggy and make you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's good to layer multiple layers so you can take things off or put things on. So like a base layer and then I always struggle with the layer, the middle layer. So
0: you have your base layer, I've got a couple of really good base layers that just are really tight and will wick the um like the the wetness away if I start to sweat or something and then I have a really good shell for my jacket but like what's that middle what should that middle layer be?
1: Some sort of a lightweight wool or fleece not super thin something that's maybe an eighth of an inch thick just a little bit fuzzy that gives just a little bit of insulation okay and then sometimes it's also nice to have even one more layer like a very thin down layer or a vest something that you can put on that gives just that much added um protection from the cold.
0: Okay. And then what about pants? Like, do you recommend that skiers invest in like snow pants before the first time they go? Or what, what if somebody's never, you know, been skiing before and they don't have the type of pants maybe that most skiers would have, is there a substitute that they can wear?
1: Well, again, it's good to layer. So to have a pair of long underwear that are either a, a man-made fiber or a wool fiber is a good idea. And ski gear can be really expensive. It can be a fashion statement and outrageously expensive, but it's also possible just to find some water resistant pants at a simple department store or a secondhand store Oh, God. when you're, um, in a larger town, especially somewhere around a ski, uh, ski town, mm-hmm. you can find secondhand stores that have all sorts of secondhand gear, and that would be a great place to pick up some, some ski pants that would be water resistant, flexible and still not break your budget.
0: Okay, and be comfortable, because I know as a curvier woman, it sometimes can be hard. To, you put something on and you think that, oh, I could you know ski in this, and you get onto the slopes and just trying to even get on and off. The chairlift can be challenging. I actually just invested in some new bibs this season. <laughs> um, I've never had bibs before, and that's all now that I want to wear. Like, I want to wear them to work because they're just the most comfortable, comfortable thing. And
1: as you're learning to ski, you do spend quite a bit of time down on the ground. You do. And (laughs) so it's good to have those high-fitting pants, the bibs that keep snow from coming in and getting the middle of you wet and uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Okay. So then you go to rent your equipment. Do you recommend renting before purchasing if you've never skied or that you're just trying the sport? Would you recommend renting or what's the pros and cons of renting versus buying?
1: If you're just trying it out and you have no idea if you're going to, uh, like it or not, absolutely renting is the way to go. Rental equipment is never going to be as comfortable or fit as well Mm -hmm. as something that you go out and, and, um, try things on and get fitted at a shop. So I would say, if you know, you're going to do this, even if you've never done it before, but you're like, yep, skiing's for me and I am going to learn how to do this. Then I would, I would go ahead and get the gear straight ahead at the very beginning. Okay. Again, gear is very expensive. Yeah. And so swap shops, um, swap meets for skiing, going to secondhand sporting equipment stores when you're mm-hmm. in a ski town, those are good mm-hmm. places to find things like that.
0: Especially boots. I, have, I personally can attest to getting boots that fit the curvature of your foot. Can
1: make or break whether
0: you enjoy the day Absolutely. or not. Absolutely,
1: <laughs> having cold, miserable feet will make you not want make to you ski. not want to do it anymore, yeah.
0: for sure. Okay, so <clears throat> when you rent, it comes with the skis, comes mm-hmm. with the boots, comes with the poles, and it also comes with the helmet. Correct? Yes. Now, do you recommend people buying their own helmet, or do you recommend that they just go with what is available through rentals with the helmet?
1: Again, I would say, if you know you're going to do this and pursue this, then go ahead and get the helmet up front. Um, but there's nothing wrong with the, the rental helmets either. Okay. When we first teach people how to ski, we encourage them to leave the poles behind. Um, poles are a really bad crutch that allow you to, to stay upright while you're out of balance. Oh, okay. And so we, with little kids, with adults, any, to anyone who really wants to improve their ski technique... The poles go away and we really work on balance on, on the skis, on the snow with your feet and your body.
0: Okay. So you'll get the poles, but you may not need to use the poles exactly. or you, you probably wouldn't recommend using the poles. Okay. So you get your, you, you, you brought your, um, your jacket and your, and your pants, you get your rentals, you're ready to hit the slopes. Where do you go? Where do you go from here? For someone who's never done it before, where do they start?
1: I wanted to say just a couple other things yes, about please, the boots yes, and the yes, gear first. Yes. When you are all dressed up and ready to go, you want to make sure that you have one pair of comfortable socks on. Oh, thank you for bringing that not up. Not yes. multiple pairs of bunched up cotton socks. Um, it's best to have, again, a natural fiber, either a wool or a man-made fiber that will wick the water away from your feet. Okay. Uh, you also want to make sure that nothing is tucked into your ski boots with the exception of your socks and your legs. So, oh, that was another mistake
0: that I made then this weekend. Okay, so yeah. even if you ha- like even that base layer pant, you don't want to tuck into your ski boot.
1: You it de- it depends on the size of your calves. Um, I if have larger s- calves, so <laughs> that makes a little bit more sense as to why I was
0: a bit more comfortable. Okay. Yeah.
1: So if you have super skinny lower legs, then having the that base layer in there isn't a big deal. But if you have bigger calves, and a lot of women do, it's good to pull that base layer up so that you uh-huh. don't have a bunch of layers between you and the cuff of that boot.
0: And what about the thickness of the sock? Like I I wore a smart wool sock that I think I bought for um, hiking. So it's a little bit on the thicker side, but I'm always paranoid about my feet being cold. Um, so I just, when I went in to grab those socks, I just grabbed the thicker pair. Is that not a good thing to do or does it not really, I mean, I only wore one pair, but even the guy that was helping me with my rentals was like, Or do you have two socks on? Because
1: it it appeared to be so thick. Well, it's going to depend on the boots you have. So if you have your own pair of boots, you can adjust either a thinner sock or a thicker sock, sock depending on how the boot fits. If you're going to go in and use rental boots, it might be a good idea to bring two different pairs. One Mm -hmm. is it's a little thinner and one's a little thicker, depending on how the boot fits. Perfect. That's a great idea. Okay.
0: Okay. So we got our stuff on, right? So where do they go? Where, where do we go from here? Do we just go right out to the chairlift? Do we go to some other hill? What what, what do you recommend?
1: <laughs> well, there are kind of two different tacks to take. And one would be to take a lesson. And in that case, the instructor is going to take you through the first steps and get you skiing probably quickly and efficiently. With a lot less heartache. Yeah. But if you want to be like me and like you, and <laughs> yeah. you want to just just go go for, it. Go for yeah. it and try and learn it yourself, I have a couple recommendations. Um, most of the slopes you'll go to will have a you know a bunny hill, a small hill, and there are going to be a lot of little kids on it. Mm-hmm. But if you spend time on that small hill with the low slope, you're going to improve faster than if you try and go right up to something that's a lot steeper. There are a couple of reasons for that. Um, when we ski, we have to lean into the danger zone. We have, to, mm. we have to approach the danger head on. And most of us don't do that. When we're afraid of something, we, we push away from it and we push back. Hang which in. is what I did the entire day on Saturday, by the way. So yes, <laughs>
0: go on. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm like shaking my head like, yes, that's exactly what I did. I leaned back instead of leaning forward and then my toes are cramping and then I'm uncomfortable and then I don't want to be doing it anymore. So I am
1: totally with you when you say this. So and in skiing, uh, because of the design of the ski, when you lean back and you get your, your center of mass, your weight over the tails of the skis, they accelerate like rockets, which is even more scary. Yes. And so... When you're on something that's too steep for your ability level, and you get, we call it in the back seat, leaning back against the mountain, and we think it's for safety, but lean, leaning back against the mountain, those skis will accelerate out from under us. Oh. So if we spend a lot of time on a lower slope mm-hmm. that doesn't have uh, so much fear factor, we can learn to get our center of mass and our weight forward on the skis, allowing us to actually use the ski to do its job to help us make turns and it's the turns themselves that slow us down while we're yeah
0: yeah now the the bunny hill um in most resorts does not have a uh traditional chairlift right it'll have just more of that ramp that goes up so even if you're feeling like let's say your friends all go out and do their thing you could still hit that bunny slope and kind of figure out how to get back up it because typically
1: they're just more of the ramps correct yeah absolutely that on the bunny slopes the little the the smaller slopes there's often a con- conveyor belt ramp conveyor belt thank you yeah yes. that's very yeah. similar to just getting on a moving walkway at, at an airport yeah. so when you look at it and you have the skis on your feet you might be like hmm that looks a little <laughs> mm, i don't know but it's really not that bad yeah. and there are people there that can help you how to get on it yeah um some of some hills have a, a regular chairlift at their at their um, bunny hill or their beginner hill uh and again there are people that can help that you can with help, that yeah. and maybe we can talk about chairlifts a little yeah. later on
0: yes yes we're definitely going to talk about chairlifts um so on the i just lost my train of thought What i was going to ask you um
1: well actually i had something yeah, else ahead. i wanted no, to ahead. say there yes please, please when you first start out and you put your skis on for the very first time if you can take a few minutes with just one ski on and practice moving that ski in the snow. Practice shuffling around with just mm, one that's ski that's on a at idea. a time. Yeah. Practice putting the ski—we call it on edge—where you tip your ankle towards the snow so that the edge of the ski is in the snow. And then you practice walking like that. Yeah. Um, then you can switch. Do it on the other on the other foot, and you slowly get used to the feeling of having those slippery skis on your on your feet. When we we learned how to walk when we were really little, right? Yeah. We don't even remember what that was that's like. Right. But we eventually learn to stand up and put weight on one foot and then mm-hmm. the other foot and then the other foot. And skiing is the same thing. Sure. It's just that we have those those slippery boards on our feet. Right, right. So the more we can walk around and get used to shifting our balance from foot to foot to foot to foot, the faster the skiing will come.
0: And these are great things to do, even if you don't have a lesson lined up, right? These are just things that you can just Absolutely. do on your own just to get acclimated. I remember what question I was gonna ask you. So in regards to the lesson, is that something that you typically have to set up at a resort ahead of time, or if somebody just shows up and decides, okay, I want to try this, but they're looking to do a lesson, like could they go just ask the staff or like how, how does all of that work to get your lesson lined up?
1: So most resorts will have an online uh, system where you can sign up in advance. It's also possible to just walk in and be put in either a group lesson or a private lesson. Um, it depends on, what your budget is and what your learning style is. Some people are fine to learn in a group of mixed abilities and mixed ages. And they say, just put me in a group. And Mm -hmm. some people say, "Mm, I don't want people watching. And I'd rather throw money at the problem and have a private lesson. Sure. When you can have individual attention for the entire lesson from an instructor, improvement is probably going to be a little bit
0: faster. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about for those listeners that are like, lessons sound great, but I'm more of a get out there and do <laughs> it and try it myself kind of person. So the first thing would be the chairlift. And um, I as a someone who's been skiing for since I was in middle school, I still can get a little intim- intimidated by the chairlift the first couple of times I'm I'm on the the mountain a, a, a season. Um, so what's the I want to talk about the chair, chairlift etiquette and tips, and then I also want you to share your fun chairlift story, because I can't wait to hear about that. So let's talk, let's talk about the tips first. What, what do you do? You, you, you see this line, you know, most of the time, depending on the resort, it can be long, it can be short, and then you got to get into the queue, and then you got to get onto the lift. So what advice do you have for people who are trying to figure this out?
1: Well, f- First, I really encourage you not to get on a chairlift that's going to take you to terrain that is too steep. Okay, that's really good advice. (laughs) Because if you get yourself onto something that's too steep and too scary the very first time or even the fifth time, that's going to ruin your experience. You really want to set yourself up for success. So be really careful that the chairlift you're getting on is appropriate for your abilities. So get your map ahead
0: of time, mm-hmm. review that, or ask your friends that are there, or you could even ask the people that work at the
1: resort, Absolutely, what's the
0: best chairlift to start off on if I'm a beginner?
1: Absolutely. Okay. So you're
0: going up the smaller lift. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, if you stand back and you watch other people get on the lift, there's a, a place that you ski up to, to wait uh, for your chair to approach. And then there'll be a second place where you're actually being loaded onto the lift. So if you watch, you'll see that the chairs come around and come up to the loading. It's hard to describe this. No, isn't I, it? I can see it. Though. I can it. So you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. So as, as you're standing and waiting, the chair will come around behind you. And as it reaches you, you'll just sit down, you'll turn and look over your shoulder to reach for the edge of this, the chair. And you'll just sit down as the chair approaches the back of your legs. As soon as you sit down, you want to lift your ski tips up so that as the chair lift uh, lifts you up and away from the snow, your tips don't get caught down and and give you a rude awakening as it pulls you off the lift. That's not fun. (laughs) It's (laughs) easy to avoid. It's easy to avoid.
0: And you're riding this lift typically with another person. You can ride it solo, but Mm -hmm. most of the time um, we want to be efficient with the lift. And so you're riding it with someone that you know or maybe somebody that you don't know. And you have ridden it with someone that you don't know that turned into somebody that you do know now, correct?
1: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, almost 30 years ago, I was skiing in a, at a small resort in um, Vermont called Smuggler's Notch. And I was skiing by myself. Mm-hmm. I was on Telemark skis. There weren't a lot of Telemark skiers back then. That's the ski with your heels and un- yes. unclipped. And, um, I was standing in the lift line and, uh, there's a, what we call a singles line where someone else who is riding solo will ski in and then join in on someone else who's going to be riding the chair solo. And, um, this blue eyed, blonde haired, guys skied up and just got on the lift with me. And the proper etiquette is to to holler out single. Oh, And then if the person who's on the, is getting on the chair wants someone to come join them, they'll say, yep, you know,
0: here. Oh, so there was no etiquette followed here. There was like. no, oh my at least goodness. that's
1: my part of the story. That's your recollection. Um, <laughs> there, is, there is debate about exactly what happened next, but I thought he was <laughs> kind of a jerk. So I crossed my arms and gave him the cold shoulder. And his version of the story is that he had hollered out single. I just hadn't hadn't oh, heard him. Of course, him. of course, okay. So we ended up not speaking for about half of the ride. And luckily we were on a two-person old fashioned chair lift that went very, very slow. <laughs> so the the trip to the top of the mountain took about sixteen minutes. Oh
0: wow. Luckily,
1: so we had eight minutes to get so to eight know minutes each other. Of silence. <laughs> yeah. And then eight
0: minutes of you
1: finally <laughs>
0: Being like, all right, I'll talk to you, yeah. even though you were rude and didn't
1: call out. Exactly, exactly. And so we ended up skiing together and laughed all day and had a really great time. And um, he was also on Telemark skis. And at the end of the day, he said, I know this great run off the backside of the mountain. And I said, OK, let's go. You know, I'd been skiing the backcountry and yeah. the Wasatch and in, in Utah. And so I figured what could Vermont possibly have that could <laughs> slow me down? So we got off the backside and the trees were way too close together and the snow was lousy and the shrubs between the trees were, was tall oh my gosh, and was going to this. catch the skis. <laughs> and I went down one side of a ridge and he went down the other and we lost each other. And um, I thought, I don't even know his name. I don't owe him yeah. anything. Yeah. And I ditched him and went for the road. <laughs> and uh, he, his version of the story is he was on the other side of the drainage and said you know she seems pretty capable i'm gonna get out of here it's getting dark oh, no. <laughs> so we both ditched each other in the in the woods and um once you ski out from this run down the backside, you end up on a road that comes around and brings you back to the parking lot of the ski resort mm-hmm. and we ran into each other on the road on the way out and we after had to, you both ditched each other we had to pretend like we hadn't ditched each other <laughs>
0: But you both were like thinking you were the one that rich right, right. not the other. Oh, <laughs> right. <God>. And uh, <laughs> so now you're being polite in that awkward
1: kind of hey ooh, good yeah, to see yeah, you. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. And ended up exchanging phone numbers anyway and um, ended up getting married a couple of years after that. that and we've been skiing together ever since. Amazing. So yeah. if you're listening. I mean,
0: you can meet your future spouse and partner on, in the singles line at the ski <laughs> resort. So if that's not motivation enough to start skiing, I don't know what is. That is, that's a really lovely story. I, I love that. So obviously you get on the ski lift, you're going up. Now, what do we do on the other side? It, it, it drops us off. Well, what do we do?
1: Uh
0: not panic. No, just number
1: this, one. <laughs> just this weekend, I was riding with this little girl. She was about eight. We I was giving her a lesson, yeah. and um, it was her first time on the lift. Okay. And we got on the chairlift, and I kind of had a hold of her to make sure I wasn't going <laughs> to lose her. Yeah. Her mom was watching from the sidelines. And the lift takes up in the air, and you soar up into the air, and you're 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 way up high, and it's it's quite exhilarating. It's beautiful. I love it. It's my favorite part. I kind of don't believe that in the United States we're allowed to do this. Get on this. Platform and be swooped up into the sky yeah. with no seat belts yeah, or anything, yeah. but it's it's pretty or guard amazing. Or guards or anything
0: that's holding you yeah. back, yeah.
1: And it's pretty amazing. Some places have guards, and some places have bubbles that go over. Sure. But at our little local resort, it's a it's an older, simpler lift. Yeah. So we're up in the air, and she's looking around, and 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 then she starts to get a little nervous. And I said, "Well, what's going on?" And she said. Is it going to be this high in the air when we have to get off? <laughs> <laughs> we were about 30 feet in the air oh, at that point. I said, no, 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 no. So I, I pointed out to her that sh- we could see where people were getting off the lift and that the snow comes up to meet you. So uh, as you're getting to the part that you get off, where you get off, the snow comes up to meet your skis. And as soon as your feet touch down on the skis, there's a little s- yellow sign that says unload here. And you just stand up shift your weight forward towards the front of your skis what can really help with that is to reach up in front of you like you're holding a um like a big exercise ball mm-hmm. or a basketball up in front of you and just glide to stop
0: so okay i know the i distinctly remember the first time i got off of a chairlift and as soon as my feet as soon as i felt my the ground underneath me my instinct was to stand up but the chairlift wasn't actually at the point at the peak of the ramp mm-hmm. to where standing up was appropriate because it would have been pushed me over right and so i stood up and then i kind of st- sat back down again and then i stood up and then i was in a panic and then i just tumbled and you know wanted to get out of the way and whatever um so how do you like how do you know the pinnacle of when to stand like what's that like that pinnacle point of now is the time to stand up versus your feet just touch the ground, not stand up, standing up yet. Or if you pass it, you know what I mean? Like if you're too late, then you're, you're going to be, the, the chair is going
1: to kind of push you around. Yeah. So there's always a sign. It's either off to the side and a sign that says unload here or something like that. And oftentimes there's a, a sign in the snow where, oh, where I your know feet that. Okay. reach um, yeah. That also usually says unload here or something. So it's like a rubber, long, skinny rubber sign in the snow.
0: Oh, that's good to know. I guess I've always been like focused on looking forward and mm-hmm. trying to figure out that plan for where I was going to go yes. once I unloaded. Yeah.
1: It's also the the very peak of the ramp is where you will unload. So the snow kind of comes up in a little hill underneath the unloading platform. Yep. And so it'll rise up and then there'll be a peak and then it'll fall off again. It's the peak where you stand up. Okay. People always feel panicked about getting yeah. off the lift, right? It's a, like, it's, there's, it's a moment you have to do it right then. It's very yeah. scary, but there's a guy sitting there in the little <laughs> lift shack and he's got this big red button and he can stop it. <laughs> all he has to do is hit the button and everything stops. So this fear of, if I fall down, I got to get out of the way. Cause someone's going to uh, run into me plus yeah. I'm embarrassed, all that, right. it doesn't matter that if you need time, the guy will stop the lift. Okay. And you have time to get yourself together. And, you know, so one, although it's hard to say one doesn't need to panic, one need not panic.
0: Well, it is, it isn't, like I said, it's a little bit instinctual. And even for me, I mean, I've been on hundreds of ski lifts, but the first one, the first time out every season, it's just a little bit of that anxiety coming back, you know, and, and, uh, but you're right. I mean, it's really not. It's not difficult, but it just can seem very intimidating if you've never done it before.
1: Years ago, I was teaching a friend to ski, and her first time on the ski lift, uh, after she got off and everything was fine, she said, "I just, I've always been so afraid that that I would fall down, and the ski chair would hit me in the back of the head." Oh! And I said, "Well, thanks for that. Now that's all I'm ever going to think about." I, say, I never really thought about it that.
0: <laughs> so way,
1: but... that's not a thing. Yeah. That's not a thing. You know, you don't. Uh what will happen is if you get off and you're unbalanced, you'll slide a few feet and you'll fall down, but if that happens, you're going very slow, you're not falling sure. very far, you're already way away from the chair and the chair has moved off and turned to go back down. Or so the guy
0: stopped it or, or the, the guy, guy has whoever's stopped in the it. little hut has stopped the yeah. chair.
1: Okay. So getting hit in the head not happen. with the chair lift is just not a <laughs> not, thing. Not a thing.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk about falling. Uh Beginners are gonna do it. I mean, I, I'm not a beginner and I fell a few times on Saturday. So what tips do you have for falling gracefully or falling in a way that minimizes, uh, you know, potential
1: damage for when you do fall? Sure. Um, yeah, everybody's gonna fall. Uh, I think that it's important to recognize that if you're getting out of control um, falling sooner rather than later is mm, good because good the faster you're going, yeah. the more apt you are to get an injury. Yep. Um, when you fall, if you can fall uphill, it's going to be easier to get up again afterwards. Mm. Um, no matter what, you don't want to fall back and be sitting on the tail of your skis because they will rocket off like they're on their way into orbit. And you- okay. You just don't want to be sitting back on the tail of the skis. Which is
0: natural instinct, right? To mm-hmm. just sit want to sit down, if, especially yeah. if you haven't done the things that you were describing earlier of just getting used to what it feels like to have those skis on your feet, to just mm-hmm. taking the time to, you know, walk around in them, whether it's one foot or two, you know, that your instinct when things start to feel chaotic is to just kind of sit down. Mm-hmm. But that, to your point...
1: Sit down, but off to the side, off to the side, sit, okay. off sit, the sit, down, side. sit down, but off to the side, yeah. that's good to know. And you don't want to reach for the snow with your hands cause you don't want to sprain or break a wrist. So, um, just sit down off to the side and you know, the snow is pretty soft. You know, okay. it's the, the kind of ways that people get really injured skiing are either in collisions or in, um, a really fast, uh, uncontrolled fall where you don't have, you know, you don't have control of your yeah. limbs. Yeah. And speaking of collisions, there are a couple rules of the road when we're skiing. Yes, please Um, uh, share. There's something called the responsibility code when we ski. It'll be printed on your tickets. It's printed on signs all over in the different lodges or in the different resorts. Um, One of the things that's really important is that when you stop on the ski hill, you want to stop somewhere where that you're visible to people who are going to be coming down the hill. Okay. um, Behind you. Sure. Um, so stop in a place that's, that is visible. Don't stop. Stop and pause or rest in places where trails merge, or where a, there's a landing from some sort of a jump or an, uh, uh, any sort of a um, uh, like a lip that sure. that. Someone's uh, going to come over and not
0: be able to see you because exactly. you're in their blind spot. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: And as you start off skiing, you want to look uphill because, uh, if someone's coming down really fast and you jump out in front of them, they're not going to be able to stop. And sure. that's how collisions happen. Uh, the, one of the other rules that's really important is the person in front has the, or the person downhill has the right away. Okay. So if you're skiing and someone is being slower, erratic in front of you down the hill, it's mm-hmm. your responsibility to avoid a collision with that person.
0: It's not that you shouldn't be yelling out to the beginner saying <laughs> "Get out of the way!" Yeah, <laughs> you're behind. It's your responsibility to see where they exactly. are. Exactly. Okay, that's really that's really good to know. And in terms of them making their way down, I mean, that first time, it's it's going to be challenging. So you just take your time and know that you're going to have some falls, and you get back up and be aware of, of what runs you're going down, right? So make make sure, um, I always like to look at the, The ski hill map before i get onto the chairlift and then again when i get to the top just because i'm i want to make double sure that i know that i have a plan especially for newer resorts Um, i grew up in the midwest we didn't we had very tiny landfill hills that we skied down so there wasn't a lot of runs and when i first started skiing out west i was like oh my goodness like this is not what i'm used to because there's so many different ways to make to get down you know and so you really kind of have to know what your plan is and then pay attention to where those runs are going.
1: Exactly. And, and, uh, ski resorts are standardized where a green run means it's a beginner run, a beginner trail, a blue run means that it's intermediate and black or double black gets more and more advanced. And that's standardized across ski resorts. However, some ski resorts rate have a rating is
0: a bit subjective yeah
1: exactly exactly
0: so just because you could do blue at your hometown resort or you did a blue once at one resort doesn't necessarily mean that that you're going to be able to do a blue at the
1: next resort exactly yeah um but it is fairly standard you know it's not uh it's not going to be crazy 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 different yeah um so before you uh get on anything very steep it's good to learn how to uh, make a wedge shape with your skis with the tips of the skis together the tails of the skis out and and you're uh, rolling your ankles towards the inside to make a um a wedged platform on your skis okay and that's going to be the first way that you learn to slow the skis down if you um if you point the skis straight down the hill, we call that the fall line, the skis are going to want to go faster than sure. if you point the skis across the hill. Mm-hmm. So practicing that wedge shape as it goes across the hill is going to be the first way to to get used to skiing and gliding with some control and ability to keep your yeah. speed down. Okay, good to know.
0: So in kind of in conclusion here, with a lot of really, really, really helpful tips. Again, I wish that You and I would have spoken before I went out on Saturday, but now you're just inspiring (laughs) me to get, to get back out again and probably to one of your clinics. So for those, um, women that are listening and are thinking, I think I can do this, but I, you know, I'm still just feeling a little bit intimidated, but this is inspiring me. Like, what advice do you have to just get them to say, yep, I'm going to give it a try?
1: Well, a lot of people say, I don't want to try that because I might not like it. Mm. And I always say, maybe you should try it because it might be the most amazing thing you've ever done in your life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so, very true.
1: So you
0: kinda like what you I mean, yeah. you had that you had to ask yourself that same question, it sounds like, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then maybe you can meet your partner and your spouse on the on the slopes as well. I mean, you just never know.
1: Yeah, you just never know what's gonna happen. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, maybe you should try. Okay. So, tell us a little bit in, in, in closing here. Um, when do you do lessons? When does Antelope Butte do lessons? So, for our local listeners that are interested in getting up onto Antelope Butte, are interested in possibly taking a lesson. How does that work? How do I, how do I get signed up, Patty? Because I clearly need it. Because all <laughs> the things that you described to not do, leaning back and, you know, having the bad technique that you develop when you're a kid because you can get away with it. And now I'm in my mid-40s and I cannot no longer get away with it. It is not enjoyable. Um, but I want to enjoy skiing. I like skiing. I love the outdoors. And I want to experience this weightlessness that you are, are referencing. So how do we get signed up to learn from you? And how do we get signed up to go to Antelope Butte?
1: Well, Antelope Butte has uh, sign-ups for lessons available on the website. Um, also on the website are the women's clinics that I teach, and we have a couple sessions coming up this season. The first one starts on Saturday. I think it's the 3rd of January, and it's three consecutive Saturdays. Third of February? Of February. Okay, got but it. Thank got you. It. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 3rd of February. Yep. And it's three consecutive Saturdays. Um, we have, in the clinics, we have ability to uh, to have never-overs people who have never been on skis before and we have um we'll have a group of women who have been skiing and have a varying um varying levels Levels, of ability um in the in the beginner group we work on just getting on skis learning to glide learning to do some very simple linked turns and getting some confidence on green and blue runs in the more advanced group we we practice techniques uh for reading the mountain reading the snow oh wow um i really focus on the women who think who say you know i want to go skiing with my friends or my boyfriend or my husband or yeah. but i'm afraid i'm going to get somewhere that is unsafe and i don't know what to do and i i you know I, there's too much unknown and so we really focus on techniques um that will get you out of any situation so no matter what where you've ended up uh, at the end of that clinic, you'll have techniques to get yourself out of it safely and with style.
0: And I know that NLB also offers clinics for kids as well. So if you're thinking about if your kids are saying, hey, I want to do this, I want to do this. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that's a lot of time dedicated because in our community... You don't want to go up that mountain, come back down, go back up, come back down, right? So if right. you're already up there and you want your kids are signed up for something, this is an opportunity for then you to get signed up as well. Correct? That's
1: true. Yeah, we have kids sessions that are it's called first chair. The, it's four sessions and uh, it, it includes rentals and lift tickets. It's a screaming deal. There's also an, an adult learn to ski program that's for all adults. Uh, it's again four lessons with rentals and and uh, lift tickets. Um, so it's another way to do it if you wanted to go, for example, put your child in a in a program and then you and your spouse take an adult learn yeah. to ski program together. yeah, um I really love the women's clinics because it's all women, and um there's something different that happens when a group of women learn how to do something together. Totally agree. It's very different. And, totally agree. And uh, it's really fun because the, all the men in the ski patrol are always skiing up to our women's <laughs> clinic and saying, hey, what are you doing? Is it a clinic? Can we join in? And I'm always like, nope. No, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Not this time. You've no. got the wrong chromosomes for yeah. it. So it's really great. I, I love to push it um, and and just have the clinic completely full.
0: And it's not too late for season passes at Antelope Butte. I had an amazing time there this Saturday. The lodge was super fun. The conditions were great. Uh, It was a a very busy day and I don't think I waited longer than five, six minutes to get onto a chair. Um, It was just, it was fantastic. And I would highly, highly, highly recommend anybody that's listening locally, go check it out. It's, It's so much fun and take a lesson from Patty
1: One of the things that's going on up at Antelope this year, you know, we haven't had a lot of snow. And when you're down in town here, you look around and think, ah, there's no snow. I shouldn't go up. Um, but the snow that we've gotten has, has stayed around. And, um, with our new grooming machine and we've got a groomer that has been grooming for the world cup circuit. I've heard. Yeah. And he's amazing. And so everything on the mountain is not groomed. Don't get the wrong idea, but he has worked the snow and, um, and turned it into a base that's just amazing, so you can find a lot of ungroomed terrain, but what we have is the snow we have is just amazing
0: it was great i was I was so impressed. I cannot recommend it enough and obviously, um thank you so much for all of your knowledge today. If you're listening, Patty Toby, if you want to check her uh, go into one of her clinics or just say hi to her on the mountain, I'm sure she would love it. but thank you so much for participating in the podcast today super helpful information a lot of which i'm going to
1: apply myself (laughs) (laughs) that sounds great thank you so much thank you